everyone. Cuckoo. Welcome to Europhile. My name is Kate Walker. And I'm Catherine Rory. Hi, Kat. Hello. Hi. I'm good. What's new? What's, How was your week? Um, oh, week was good. I saw some family uh-huh. who were in uh-huh. town, which was really nice. Um, made them dinner, which like once the last time I actually cooked a full meal, I could mm. not tell you. You That's made n- squash. That was so yes. good. Thank you. Brussels Thank you. Sprouts, yeah. Cozy mm-hmm. autumn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just now looking forward to the holidays and some oh, time off yeah. and mm-hmm. relaxation. So mm-hmm. how are you doing? Very excited for Thanksgiving. Excited mm-hmm. to eat. Mm-hmm. Going to San Diego to go see my family. Which yeah. is exciting. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to see <gasps> Gucci. Gucci. Yes. Thank I'm God. So I've been waiting excited. like how long for this? This you know? is my Super Bowl. This <laughs> is my, you it know, is. I'm rooting for Lady Gaga. Like, I'm really hoping she does a great job. Yes. Oh, so, God. I have no doubt. I'm excited. And her. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be really fun. I'm very excited to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a day of it. We'll talk about it when after it happens. But yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Fun. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Last night we went and had pizza. Yes, we did. This amazing oh, place in LA. So good. Not traditional like Italian pizza by any yeah. way, shape, or form, other than the fact the vehicle was pizza. Yeah. <laughs> but we d- also had a Dorada did a oh, little app my that God. was unbelievable. Yeah. It's this place called Gra. Mm, yep. It's like it's Echo incredible. Park. Yeah. Go get it. It's sourdough. Like, everything's fermented. Delicious. Oh, my God. Pizza with fermented mustard seeds. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And honey. Mm -hmm. Mm, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Can't wait to have the leftovers uh, for breakfast in a little bit. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. We should reheat those. Yeah. Um, Okay. Should I get into my topic? Yeah. Okay. So, have you ever seen Grand Budapest Hotel? (gasps) But of course, yes, arguably okay. the best of okay. them all. Yes, uh, one of my faves for sure. Yeah. So, um, for anyone who has not seen this film, it's a film directed by Wes Anderson. It's a comedy about a hotel concierge who's played by Ralph Fine. Fines. Fine. Fines. Fines. Uh, charged with murder, who basically tries to prove his innocence while still providing his. For his hotel and mm-hmm. the guests. Mm-hmm. And so the concierge is a member of the Society of the Cross Keys, which is a fraternity of concierges, which helps other members like at all costs, like they're in this like, mm-hmm. club, you know. <laughs> but in reality, it's based on a real thing. Really? And yes. And it's called, <laughs> it's like an international group of upper echelon concierges called the like, Clay Door. Which is the keys, the golden keys. Golden keys, okay. Yes, and so members wear two cross gold key pins on their lapels to, like, signal that they're in, like, clay door. (laughs) Okay. We're going to talk about, like, clay door. And, like, clay door is a famous association, like, of the best of the best concierges. And it's, like, this worldwide group. It's very elite. It's not easy to get into... They're considered to be, like, the ultimate insider. Oh, my God. This is yeah. really fun. <laughs> yeah. And these concierges have the skills and contacts to open doors 
that no one else can mm-hmm. and no is not an answer that they take okay. or give. Oh my God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, to be like that, to have that power. Yes. So the organization was found in 1929 by Pierre Quintin, who was head concierge of the Ambassador Hotel in Paris at the time. Okay. So together he got 10 colleagues and joined forces and pooled their knowledge and contacts and basically just started what we know as the Le Claydor. It was really something that had developed in Europe at the time. So like, you know, started in France, followed in Sweden, the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. So it was like this European thing. So by the 70s, it went international. Okay. It went in South Uh, America. Left the continent. Morocco. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. (laughs) So at this time, the Golden Keys had been adopted as their like organization symbol. And it's a really sought after, like if you see one at a hotel, you go to them. Like, yeah. uh, say, like, the Georges V in Paris. Okay, yeah. So say, like, they might have three or four or something. Mm. It's not everyone who works there. It's just a select few of members that work at these hotels. Okay. And it's sort of, like, showing, obviously, the more you have at your hotel, the more accolades. And, you know, it's just yes. looks better for your hotel to have... Yeah. Um, members I feel of like this organization. It's like almost Michelin star. Yes. Yeah. We have it's like three a stamp of approval. Clay yes. door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're going to get taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know the service you can get. Yeah. This is what you're paying for. Yes. Now, since it's worldwide, it has about 4,500 members and mm-hmm. is in 46 countries. Okay. So some history of the name concierge. So concierge were called keeper of the keys in Middle Ages because they worked at important government buildings and like castles. Mm. And there's this prison in Paris named La Conciergerie in honor of this like warden who kept, like he was in charge of the keys. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so the root of the word concierge comes from the Latin word conservus or fellow slave. Oh, okay. Um, or like servant, you know. Yeah. Or it can come from this old French deriva- derivation, comte de cierge, the keeper of candles. So basically oh. this person who's in charge of catering to the palaces, every whim, every visiting person, you know, mm-hmm. they're there to serve. Okay. So in the early 1900s, this is when we see a boom in international tourism. Like, it's easy to take a steamship mm-hmm. <laughs> to go to, you know, Europe, to go to the continent. Mm-hmm. You can travel by rail. Yeah. It's easier to travel, so there's all different types of travelers now. And now there's yeah. this need for assistance yeah and, you know it's not easy you know you don't have google i was gonna say yeah i'm, I'm yeah. in paris now what restaurant do i go to yeah you, yeah. you need someone you to tell have you google you need yeah. someone who's there who knows exactly where to go yeah how you can you know go about things make shit happen yeah okay so some duties this is on their website so it's not like <laughs> a secret society or anything yeah. it's just like yeah So some duties that they would do, so the concierge will accommodate every guest request as long as it is moral and legal and humanly possible. Okay. From the mundane to the extraordinary. (laughs) 
(laughs) And they are required to handle all duties with zeal. So, like, you can ask them for mail and messages, recommendations, reservations, travel and planning meetings, personal Mm -hmm. shopping, Mm -hmm. uh, professional communications, business expediters, and personal confidants. (laughs) Good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow, they know all of the juice. The, the shit thing they they've must seen. have seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So on rare occasion, when they cannot fill a request single-handedly, they can reach out to their network. Okay. <laughs> Friends, colleagues, acquaintances from around the world can aid in this guest's request. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, all of them are supposed to be so pleasant to work with, like really affable, really mm-hmm. charming. Mm-hmm discretion is the hallmark of these concierge and so they're supposed to have a pulse on all their cities so like obviously no like this is the best restaurant this is where Mm -hmm. you can go out to go club this is where you can go see a sports event theater shopping sightseeing Mm -hmm. anything they're able to direct guests at to any location to any product at any time of night so Mm-hmm. Nothing is too big. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're supposed to be able to converse with people from Albania to Zimbabwe and okay. be well-versed <laughs> yeah. in many cultures. I mean, obviously, that probably goes with you work in a hotel, and those are the types of people that come in your hotel, and you're going to be very worldly, and yeah. you know that yep. comes with experience. One of the concierges said... He was like interviewed and he said, you keep your ear to the ground. You do not work regular hours. You make friends with chefs at elite restaurants as they're finishing up their dinner service and are sitting down for a uh, red wine. You know the theater personnel. You know who can get tickets for you to a sold out concert. You know and hear everything. Who's in town? What do they like? And what might charm them to stay at your hotel? Wow. So you're supposed to, like, know all these things. Yes. Yeah. God. It's mm-hmm. like you're constantly networking. Mm-hmm. You're constantly yep. looking for mm-hmm. the next thing. Yeah. How does one become mm-hmm. a clay door? So you have to be at least 21 years old, worked in a hotel for five years, and three of those years you have to have been an actual concierge. Okay. So... You have to do a written exam that tests knowledge of, like, anything and anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anything and everything their guests might desire. Like, where can you get a poodle at 3 a.m.? <laughs> like, that sort of thing. Yeah. You have to write letters of reference and letters of introduction from two active members of the society. Okay. So I imagine it's quite hard to get in. And... Mm-hmm. I guess in Paris, only 25% of applicants are successful. So it's not very high. Mm -hmm. So say like an applicant in the U.S. will receive a test call. So they apply. Yeah. And now they're getting, you know, tested. So the caller will rate the applicant based on knowledge, manner in which you respond to questions like, tone of voice, assuredness, like your speed, the completeness of the answers, and the amount of legwork you will have to do in order to complete these tasks. Okay. So say the caller, the test caller might call the applicant to make reservations, give directions, perform like any other 
concierge related tasks. So like tasks that they are well versed in, know how to do, mm-hmm. very easy. Mm-hmm. And then there's ones that are like really crazy, really outlandish requests okay. that you can I'll talk about some that okay. some concierges have some requests that they've done but basically it's you know no task is too big yeah okay and then there's like a written test so like geography time zones Mm -hmm. uh shipping i imagine terminology yeah language just really like in depth Mm -hmm. best of the best creme de la creme you know (laughs) say like if you apply it can now take four months to become a clay door like within your application process but before yeah. it was like nine so they've like streamlined it but basically okay. if you get in you're in for life and okay. you're set yeah yeah good and you probably get paid pretty well mm-hmm. you know okay so here are some fun requests or like crazy requests that other concierges <laughs> have gotten mm-hmm. from guests one guest called from thailand wanting to arrange a flower delivery the next day in moscow Mm -hmm. so obviously we know like the guest could have called moscow directly but he prefers to work with his clay door concierge Mm -hmm. you know and obviously no problems no issues he reaches out to his network in russia yeah gets the job done yeah there was a time that a guest asked this man to arrange a check-in by parachute landing on Lake Geneva (laughs) directly in front of the hotel. And so the concierge researched a plan. It involved securing permits from the city of Geneva. And so the guest was informed that it was 100,000 Swiss francs to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said no, but he's like, but they were like, we just give them the option. Like, we give them the information and yes. basically are yeah. like, here, this is what it is. <sighs> Another request happened at 11 p.m. one night to organize a private plane. And it was for more than 100 people leaving uh. in the morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> um, however, it was... So this concierge was from Cannes. So it was not from Cannes. It was from Morocco to another country. It was simply because the person staying at the hotel took care of a royal family in another country and was on vacation at that hotel and was like, can you just make this happen? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So it said it was quite a challenge as you could understand, but we made it happen. Wow. Of course they did. No Mm -hmm. doubts. Yep. So a few years ago, a unnamed popular film star was in need of two Rolexes of a specific color. So, like, for you and I, for, like, layman people, mm-hmm. I don't think we understand. Like, I don't have a clue how hard it is to get a specific Rolex. Oh, but you can't. It's very you cannot hard. go into the yeah, store and leave with it. I don't know anything. Yeah. yeah. And so he needed one for a lady and one for a man. And the request came in the morning and they needed them at like 5 p.m. <laughs> so they found two watches in Paris, had a watch broker, you know, because this was also in Cannes. So they were, the watch broker was mm-hmm. going to bring them down to Cannes, but all the planes were full and it would take too long by car. So they were able to reach the chairman of the board of the airline who <laughs> unlocked a seat for the broker to bring shut up watches to shut up wow (laughs) how like 
not only knowing these people, but you know that person so well that they are willing to open up a seat for you. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be like that's your problem, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess mm-hmm. they, they maybe they understand that yeah. person understands the level that we're, we're talking with, dealing yeah. with here. I don't know. Wow, that's wild. I know. It was that is fun. crazy. Like, you cannot go and get a Rolex like that. I know. And then another one was a famous guest arrived from London and had a horrible toothache. And someone got a dentist to treat them at 2 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And another one, a king of a a named country requested on Christmas Eve that a princess visiting... When she arrived, she would be greeted with a suite full of extravagant flower arrangements. Mm -hmm. And so this concierge bought out an entire store supply of flowers and summoned a designer to create this, Uh, you know, display for her arrival. Wow. During the night. Oh, my God. Yeah. And made it happen on Christmas Eve. (laughs) I love this. I love Mm -hmm. this so much. Mm -hmm. The requests that people have truly astounding Mm -hmm. it's so fun yeah it's really fun (laughs) so how does one become friends with Le Cléador concierge Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know chances are if you're staying at their hotel they'll probably know some something about you and know we'll have research what you like, what you don't like. It doesn't really matter who you are. Like, it doesn't really matter, like, how much money you have. Are you royalty? Are you not? But if you're staying at their establishment and your hotel has a clay door, they're going to know a little something about you. Mm-hmm. They're going to do mm-hmm. a little research. So, obviously, if you do have more money and, like, you're more famous or you have a higher status, they're going to know more about you you know in a good way they're gonna know like probably past concierges experiences Mm -hmm. using their network stuff like that but it's a very good idea to like if you're like us and you know you're just a normal person yeah um when you arrive and you notice someone has a clay door pin Mm -hmm. you can introduce yourself and just become friends and yeah basically it's an amazing way to have your stay become magical and seamless. Mm-hmm. Mm, wow. Okay. And I need to experience that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We will. So basically, you don't have to do it. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're just yeah. there for anyone, any guest who has any need for anything. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm that. trying to think of, like, what would I ask for? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's some clay doors in, in like, Chicago. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess there's four for 4,000 people. Yeah. I would yeah. ask, I would literally just be like, I want food from this restaurant that doesn't do takeout. Or, you know, like, that would yes. be the extent of my, but, like, I want to stay in my robe today. Like, yes. please go get me this from this person. Mm-hmm. That's not that crazy. Yeah. And it is such a treat. <laughs> what a treat. And they'd be I like, know. oh, no big deal. Like, th- yeah. this girl's easy. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I think you probably should have money to, like, tip people and, like, Absolutely. you know, like, stuff like that. I'm sure and, they like, make be bank. aware to, yeah, to compensate people. But, like, if you do, why not? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Ooh, good one, Kate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you. that just, like, makes me feel like being luxurious it's you like know the magic of a hotel <laughs> it is like, really is it yeah. really is so fun to stay at a hotel put on your robe and everything's easy 
you know, everything's clean, everything's nice. Mm -hmm. It's just one less thing you have to worry about. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just a lovely experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, um, mm-hmm. would you mind if I, please, you know, take a little turn into my mini topic? This person just popped into my head the other day, but I was like, I adore this person, so let's talk about him a little. Okay. We're going to talk about Toulouse the Trek. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So he was born to an aristocratic family, so his full, and so he was mm. a count. And so his full name oh. is Comte Henri Marie Raymond de Toulouse Lautrec Montfort. <laughs> like, I feel like I might have remembered that from mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay, that's cute. Like when he says his full name, but I don't oh. know if I don't remember if he says Comte. Count, yeah, yeah. So he was born on November twenty fourth, eighteen sixty four. Sag. Sage. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. And he passed away at the age of 36 on September 9th, 1901. Mm. So Very short life. Very, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, he's one of the best-known painters of the post-impressionistic period. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's right up there with Van Gogh, Gauguin, etc. Totally. Mm-hmm. And when he was young, his parents separated because his younger brother passed away. And so I think it was just very hard mm-hmm. for his family. Mm-hmm. So they separated and a nanny kind of took care of him. At the age of eight, he went to live with his mom in Paris where he was drawing in all of his workbooks. And his mom mm-hmm. was like, okay, he, he is very, very talented. talented. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of background because I'm sure you know he was very short. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. his parents were first cousins. Oh. So it is believed that he had health issues because of his family history of inbreeding, which is very fascinating. Okay. Weird. So at the age of 13, he fractured his right femur. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And then a, a year later, he fractured his left femur. So the breaks did not heal properly. So afterwards, Aww. his legs did not continue to grow. So his torso and everything grew like it would, you know, mm-hmm. but his legs didn't. I never knew this. Yeah. About it, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew he was short and I knew yeah, about yeah. inbreeding, but I, I didn't know. I thought he was short. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he never grew past five feet because of this. Oh. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, really affected, sure. you know, here's this yeah. man in the aristocracy, but like he was mm-hmm. seen as like a, a freak, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that really played heavily, mm-hmm. weighed on him. So because, you know, he couldn't get into sports, he didn't get along with the boys, he mm-hmm. turned to art. And in 1882, um, he got involved into several educational art studios to kind of perfect his mm-hmm. craft. And he hung out in Montmartre a lot, which is, you mm-hmm. know, the area in Paris that was like bohemian and like writers, artists, philosophers mm-hmm. were hanging out mm-hmm. there. And during this period, he had his first encounter with a sex worker, mm. which led him mm-hmm. to paint his first painting of a sex worker, a woman rumored to be Marie Charlet. Okay. And he begins to frequent sex workers. And okay. they, because they were so inspiring to him. Yeah, why not? And he, de- he said a few quotes, and I was like, wow, this is just cute. Mm-hmm. He said, a model is always a stuffed doll, but these women are alive. They stretch out on the sofas like animals, make no demand, and they are not in the least bit conceited. 
I have found girls of my own size. Nowhere else do I feel so much at home. So he just adored them, was inspired Mm -hmm. by them, slept with some of them, but also, like, didn't, you know, they were just friends. Mm -hmm. Muses, yeah. In 1889, the Moulin Rouge opened, and he was commissioned to produce a series of posters for them. And in exchange, he always had a reserved seat, which is, like, how fun. (laughs) Yeah, very fun. He also, I, I think... Because of his, you know, insecurities and issues and and people judging him probably for his height, he begins to develop alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And there is a cocktail that was attributed to him called the Earthquake. And it is a mixture of half absinthe and half cognac in a wine goblet. Literally, light light a match in his breath. Yeah. (laughs) Be on fire. Be on fire. (laughs) Also, he walked around with a cane because of his legs. He hollowed it Mm. out and kept it filled with liquor. So he was like never without. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. That is true dedication to your craft. And then later on, his physical and mental health began to decline because of his alcoholism, but he also contracted syphilis, which he reportedly contracted from a woman named Rosa, who was the subject of a lot of his paintings. Okay. Um, I know. We get that mercury treatment. <laughs> yes. And then on September 9th, 1901, at the age of 36, he passed away. Mm-hmm. And his last words were, La vieux con, which means the old fool, as a goodbye to his father. Aww. Yeah, the old fool. Just a few facts. In a career of less than 20 years, Henri created 737 canvas paintings. 275 watercolors, wow. 363 prints and posters, 5,084 drawings, ceramic stained glass work, and an unknown number of lost work. Wow. He also, this is the last thing, mm-hmm. he made a cookbook, which I had no idea. Which, wow, you know, no, by the way, anyone who wants to buy me something for Christmas, this is exactly That's what you, the one. <laughs> it's called The Art of Cuisine. Yeah, oh my god! Because he loved he loved to cook. Did you cook look at he, it? Yeah, you can buy it for ten dollars. I wonder what's in there. Like, what did he make? I couldn't see any photos yeah. of the inside, but it's like I, I think you know it's been reprinted and it, it features his mm-hmm. art, some of his recipes. But he loved to cook and like be the host. He loved to oh have my everyone god, over. How fun. I know. So yeah, that's the story of Toulouse the truck. Oh my god! Yes, fun. what Thank a brilliant, you, that was very interesting fun. person. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've always adored him mm-hmm. and his art. I mean, ever since seeing Moulin Rouge in what two thousand one, yes, yeah, loved him. Mm-hmm. Like that Love was probably my pop. first introduction to him. I mean, you know, being so young, yes, and then obviously, you yeah, see his God, work I don't remember everywhere. Yeah, everywhere in mom's kitchens, <laughs> yes. um, in bathrooms, mm-hmm. in hallways of. Yep. Middle class homes in the Midwest. <laughs> yep. And will I ever tire of it? No. 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 I love not. his paintings though too. Like the yes. the Lily with the two women kissing in bed. Oh, cute. We'll post some of the more you know yeah. of his paintings. I, think. I just picture like the Le Chat Noir one. Yes. Yeah. The black cat. Yeah. Poster. Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have a recommendation? Yes, I do. So I'm going to recommend something that you and I get every time we go to Erwan. Okay. 
Uh, it is Vichy Catalan sparkling water. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I went to their website because I was like, you know, I, I knew it was Spanish, but, uh, you know, yeah. what's the deal? So yeah. it was established in 1881. Mm-hmm. This premium water emerges mm-hmm. from the ground at 60 degrees Celsius, which gives it a unique personality. Mm-hmm. The water is rich in minerals from the thermal waters of the Caldas de Malavea in the Selva Comarca in Girona, Spain. Oh, so nice. It's just, you know, guys, try it if you see it. Sparkling mineral water. Yeah. It's like the lightest effervescence. It kind of tastes like, like it's very specific. Like not every, it's not for everyone. No. I'd say it's in the best way comparable to Alka-Seltzer in water. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had days where like my stomach's upset and I'm like, yeah, fishy come on. drink it. Yeah. yeah. It's very mineraly. You're just taking the waters. Just taking the okay. waters. Yeah, it's for my health. <laughs> Can't go to Spain, can go to Erwan. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> what do you have for me this week? I also have another Spanish recommendation. Mm. Okay, so listen to how chaotic I am. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I read this book a really long time ago. I was recommending it to people. I was like, you guys, this book really happened Mm -hmm. like it's amazing (laughs) okay it's so good so it's called my 15 grandmothers the journey of my soul from the spanish inquisition to the present by Jeannie milgram so it's about this woman so i want to like say why i thought it was real because i'm a stupid and b a liar (laughs) and uh, (laughs) um And the premise is this girl is trying to figure out, like, she's Jewish. Her family's Jewish. She's trying to figure out her family lineage. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, there's, like, some supernatural stuff that happens. So, like, I don't, don't think that's real. But, like, the general gist of this story, the, her, the his family history is mm-hmm. real. But it's not. <laughs> um, so, it's about this, you know, 15 grandmothers before her this woman who's writing who's supposedly writing the story Mm -hmm. she's doing her family genealogy history whatever and it's about this woman in spain who basically survived the spanish inquisition they were it was a jewish family and she basically was so rich because she had imported it's either salt or pepper i can't remember it's been so long i want to say pepper from you know the east Mm -hmm. so basically was able to act as a bank to the spanish government oh okay and spanish royalty and so basically she was able to like survive the you know spanish inquisition and like they presented themselves as like catholic so Mm -hmm. whatever but basically the story is not true and i am (laughs) such a liar and i like literally thought this that this had happened And there are actual supernatural elements to this story, like ghosts appearing. And I was like, okay, this is like not true, but like this yeah, story the of this woman are real. are real. No, they're not. They're not true. I'm such a liar. And I was telling everyone you have to read this book. It's so amazing. But it is an amazing book, but it's just nonfiction. So, okay. or it's I, fiction. Yeah. I am a so. fiction girl. Mm-hmm. I will always be a fiction. Oh, me too. I love fiction. Like, yeah. I feel like every, I ask everyone, you know, are you fiction, nonfiction? Everyone says nonfiction. I'm like, okay, well, I'm still mm-hmm. fiction. And I feel no shame. <laughs> I know. I know. So, yeah, um, I definitely recommend that book. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It, very quick read. Mm-hmm. Okay, fun. Really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, are you ready for my word of the day? I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. So obviously we have slang. Obviously we have cheeky fun fun slang. Yeah. And we have a verb and it's called drage, which means to to seduce, to flirt. And it means like literally I put into Google Translate and it means to dredge. To dredge. Like it's the literal, you know, but the slang is like Google Translate version. Yeah. Yeah. The slang is to (gasps) seduce and to flirt. Yeah. Drage. Let's go to Paris and drage. Yes, please. please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, though, thanks Mm. so much, Kate. That was so fun. And now I feel like doing something luxurious for myself the rest of the day. (laughs) I know. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Have a good one. Have a good Thanksgiving if you live in the U.S. (laughs) And even though we hate um, colonialism. But okay, so (laughs) that is another... You know, yeah, for the record. another thing for another time. You know. Okay. Thanks, Just everyone. Spend time with your families. Okay. Yes. <laughs> ciao. Okay, ciao. <laughs> oh, that was good.